The following is a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management. Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline, you're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to What's the Plan here on Central Coast Power Talk, 1460 AM and 101.1 FM. We've got a great guest for you today, Mr. Rick Barnett. He is the chairman of the Concourse of Pasadera, and you can learn more about him and the Concourse at PasaderaConcours.com. You can learn more about Rick at Monterey Motorsport Park. Dot com and MontereyMotorsports.com. So Monterey Motorsport Park and MontereyMotorsports.com, as well as PasaderaConcourse.com. Rick, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Can you tell us a little bit about your past and how you ended up as the chairman of the uh, Pasadera Concourse? Sure. I came from Chicago when I was 18 and came out to California, moved to Sacramento. Eventually, after my wife and I married in uh, in 1980, we ended up here on the Monterey Peninsula in, in 1992. And after opening up a number of art galleries in the Carmel Monterey area, I worked with that published company and with those galleries for nearly 20 years. And then uh, because of my experience in the art business, I was asked to be a guest speaker at uh, some art events around the United States, Art Expo New York, which is the largest art exhibition trade show in the world. And then uh, actually the Vatican asked me to present the fresco exhibit that came in from Italy in El Paso, Texas. So I, I presented the fresco exhibit here in the United States for the Vatican. And and so I became a bit of an art expert. And in doing that, a trade show company picked me to come on and help them start a uh, new business, online business. And that actually morphed into more trade shows. And uh, the more trade shows became larger and larger. And we ended up opening up trade shows in New York, a couple trade shows in New York, two in Miami, Dallas, Santa Fe, New Mexico, San Diego, And the company ended up owning Art Expo New York, which is, again, the largest art exhibition trade show in the world. So that's been going on for over 40 years. So I became uh, eventually one of the owners of that company. And although I retired a couple of years ago, I'm still involved with that. And and then I got to do my passion, which was to uh, travel, play golf, spend time with the grandkids and my family, and on the side, uh, collect cards, which is uh, what happened uh, here a few years ago actually three three years ago. And so I started going from just owning a couple of collector cars to uh, collecting more and opened up or bought a couple of garages in Ryan Ranch. And so my office is there. And one thing led to another because of uh, my involvement with some of the local car collect and race enthusiasts. I was asked to uh, take on the chairmanship role of uh, launching the Concours at Pasadera. And that happened in, in early 2019. The first show was 
in August of 2019. And, and the Concord Pasadena launches Car Week year. So this year, we will have our press party on Thursday, August 5th at the club at Pasadena. And then Friday, August 6th will be the Concord in the afternoon. And then race week begins. We kick it off. Laguna Seca is active that weekend on the 7th and 8th. And then everything starts to click in on Monday. And the following Sunday, then Car Week closes off with the Concord Pas- at uh, Pebble Beach. So Car Week started out as not Car Week. It started out as Car Weekend. And when I went on my first date with my wife in 1979, <laughs> the first thing we did is we went to the Pebble Beach Concord on uh, in August of 1979. And I remember pulling up to the show and parking about three blocks from the entry of the lodge, paying my $35 to walk in. And, uh, you know, it was easy. You paid, I think, $25 or $35 for the poster and, and you walked in and you had a great time. And of course, over the years, Car Week has grown from a couple of couple three days to four days, five days, and now eight days, nine days. And uh, in 2019, just to give you a perspective, there were 21 car events that happened during Car Week Monterey. So this year, I don't think there'll be quite as many. I think there'll be a few that maybe won't be able to get permits from the city, uh, but it's still going to be the largest gathering of collector cars and automobile enthusiasts in the world. And it happens every year in Monterey during Car Week Monterey. So it's an exciting time for for car people. And quite frankly, because Car Week has morphed into what it is today, even people who are not hung up on, on cars like some of us come for the sheer enjoyment of experience of Car Week. So, you know, great food, great party, great events, uh, celebrities. It's an experience that does not exist anywhere else in the world. Mm. Well, interestingly, the the TED uh, conference this year, TED 2021, is going to be back in Monterey and it coincides with Car Week. So that's an interesting overlap. There was a lot in what you said. I, I think it's fantastic because obviously there's there are some parallels between a like a Michelangelo fresco and a Ferrari, uh, say 250 GT from 96. They're both sure. kind of works of art. Can you tell tell us a story about like one of the more interesting works of art you had an experience? Well, you, speaking of works of art, not not a car, but, but well, that, yes, I, you know, <laughs> a piece of visual art. Yeah, even though you could say a, a car, I mean, obviously a car, yeah, a yeah. but I from your art uh, dealer background, yeah. can you, can sure. you talk about? Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, as a gallery owner, uh, I was fortunate to uh, have a relationship with a number of, of very fine collectors, and uh, uh, and so uh, you know, we we sold artwork in the price points of oh two three thousand dollars to three hundred four hundred thousand dollars, and um, and so you know you get to uh, you get to really uh, it's it's almost like putting a round peg in a round hole. You uh, you understand what the desires of the collector are, and then seek to uh, fill that that interest with a specific piece of art that matches uh, the desires of the collector. And so uh, you might say it's it's like treasure hunting. It's like uh, I don't know. I it, you know it, it's just very gratifying and very fulfilling when you can take someone's passion, their desire, and be able to help them attain it. And that is the one of the exciting things about being in the art business. And quite frankly, we still see that today uh, with the Concord Pasadena. Uh, last year, uh, world famous Simon Bull, the artist, uh, created a painting uh, uh, signifying the Ford versus Ferrari competition that obviously became so popular with the movie yeah. uh, that we that that launched at the same time period. And he created a painting uh, that included uh, the clubhouse at 
Pasadena, along with uh, Ferrari and uh, and uh, Ford GT battling it out. And um, it was just an incredible painting. And that painting came the poster piece, which has become incredibly collectible, the, the poster, I'm saying. Now, the original sold right away for tens of thousands of dollars uh, to a Pebble Beach collector. And once again, it's, uh, you know, I got to be involved in that. And so it was fun being able to marry uh, the passion of art collecting for the collector with the artist and also the theme, the the genre of painting itself. And so it's very gratifying. It, you know, it's, it's fun to bring people's passions together, regardless of whether it's automobiles or artwork. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's, it's an enjoyable experience. Well, that, you know, Ford versus Ferrari is kind of interesting because if you pull the thread on that movie, I think, I think it originated with Adam Carolla, uh, who was participant of Car Week, did a documentary, which then led to the movie. And then, of course, it comes back with the artwork. But I think it, yeah. that movie, I think, I, was, was born initially from Car Week, Monterey Best. Um, yeah. That, so can you tell us about uh, some of uh, you know, the cars that you have at uh, Monterey Motorsports or Phenomenal? You have a permanent collection there. And uh, can, you can you talk a little bit about the permanent collection cars you have? And will they be featured or on display at... Uh, yeah. So the, one of the cars will... Uh, and there's an interesting story on that car. It's a Porsche 914. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But, uh, you know, the cars that I collect uh, are cars that had significant meaning to me uh, from the time I was 15 years old until uh, current times. So uh, the the first or the oldest car that I have is unique in that it was the car that I remember my mother having, uh, the first car I remember my mother having when I was a child. And it's a 1953 uh, Chevrolet. I believe it was a, a 210, but um, she wanted a Bel Air, which of course everybody wanted. And so I was born in 953 and uh, uh, Harley Earl, who was the uh, originator of the Corvette launched in 953, uh, built a car a Bel Air convertible for his wife uh, that was a specific color, uh, had specific options and so forth. And and uh, so that car uh, ended up being created and, and shown at Bonfani Zeum Collection, uh, Mike Zeum Collection. And uh, I ended up with that car and it's a Bel Air convertible, kind of a mint metallic green with two-tone green interior and a white top. And uh, it's just a wonderful car, 1953 Bel Air convertible. This particular one has power steering uh, and automatic transmission with an Autronic eye. And, uh, those were all very, very, very features for uh, for a Chevrolet. Uh, Chevy really built the Bel Air Pete with uh, Oldsmobile clients and uh, and uh, and and they you know Buick clients. And so uh, this was uh, sort of their their halo uh, car of that era. And um, and so that you know that was exciting. That was. That was their high-end car of 953, and I love driving it. It's a just wonderful car, and uh, uh, you know Mike did a wonderful job restoring it, and um, and that's my car, my old car. Then um, in high school, uh, in in the in 19 late 1960s uh, and 1970s, 71, uh, all high students wanted uh, an MG, and uh, at least in my in my high school, and so uh, I have an MGB GT, which uh, a 70 which uh, uh, has a, uh, an overdrive transmission, four-speed with an overdrive transmission, electronic overdrive. And, uh, and it is a GT, so it's a, a coupe, uh, which was designed for 
for Panin Farina for uh, British Leyland. And, uh, uh, and so the Italian designer of Ferrari designed the coupe design for the MGB GT. Wonderful car. A lot of people don't realize that the MG actually raced uh, at Le Mans in the 60s and uh, the MGB did and was uh, was incredible competitor uh, at Le Mans. So uh, that's another car that I own and it's painted orange because it's my wife's favorite color. So, uh, you know, we have that. And then uh, there's other cars. I, you know, I've got a, got a Mercedes convertible. I've got a, uh, <clears throat> that's a wonderful car, uh, CLK. Uh, you know, that was uh, in race form. That raced at Le Mans and uh, under the silver arrow, they built 25 of them. Uh, the car had a little aerodynamic problem at about 200 miles an hour. The front end would lift off the ground. It became pretty dangerous, but it was an amazing car. Uh, mine is just the street version convertible of the CLK, but love it. Absolutely love it. It's kind of a daily driver uh, for me. And then um, and then uh, I have a, a 07 Bentley uh, Arnage, uh, which is a Molinaire edition uh, with, you know, all beautiful handcrafted wood and leathers, uh, one of 33 that were built by Bentley in 2007 when Volkswagen had taken over uh, Bentley. And uh, so a lot of German engineering in the car, but has the Bentley twin turbo V8, uh, zero to 60 in just over four seconds with uh, a car that weighs 6,000 pounds and has a refrigerator and a bar in the back seat. What, so what's the horsepower uh, at? It's got to be in the 800. Oh, no, no, it isn't. But a lot of torque. Oh, okay. Uh, tremendous amount of torque. So the uh, horsepower is uh, uh, over 400, but the torque is absolutely amazing on the car. So uh, that's where that zero to 60 comes in. I think the top speed's like 155. Uh, but, um, you know, in fact, I had it out. We had some guests that we went to uh, Carmel Valley Ranch for dinner last night and uh, and uh, we drove the Bentley. And it's just a, you know, a wonderful uh, Saturday night, go to the theater kind of a car. Uh, I don't drive it very much, but but I do love it. And it's, um, it's a great car. Um, so, th- you know, there, there are lots of other cars. I, I'm right now I'm calling from a, uh, a new Ford uh, STX sport truck that I just bought. <laughs> so I got to have a truck uh, and, uh, and I love it. I always uh, have always felt like a Ford sport truck was kind of a cool truck to have. But um, the, the, the 940 is an interesting car and it signifies what's going on this year at the Concord. Um, uh, while we're, we're recognizing the decade of champions, which is from 1961 to 1971, Phil Hill's back-to-back win with Ferrari in 70, in 61 and 62, and then um, in uh, 67, 8, and 9, uh, actually 66, 7, 8, and 9, the 4GT winning, uh, you know, just an incredible dominator on the, on the track, beating Ferrari uh, after they had won six years in succession prior to that. And then finally, uh, in 1970, uh, signified by Steve McQueen's movie of Le Mans, uh, the Ama 917 that came onto the track that uh, was just, you know, I mean, weight and power was, it it was just unbelievable. And so the 917 came onto the track and dominated Le Mans in 70, 71. And, uh, and so this year we will honor those mark at the Pasadena Concord. The interesting thing, and I mentioned the 914, is what a lot of people don't realize <clears throat> is that in the 1970 race, uh, a independent, not a factory, but an independent, uh, entered a 914 GT into uh, the race. So there were 25 uh, 914 GTs that were built to qualify for the uh, Le Mans race. An independent team entered. 
914 GT into the race. And uh, of course, competing against Ferraris and Porsche 911s. And, and I mean, it just, you know, it, it was by far the underdog. And so this year we'll give tribute to the 914, calling it uh, the event David and Goliath because the 914 uh, finished sixth overall be right behind the Ferrari 512 and was number one in its class. No one in their right mind would have ever thought that the 914 would have finished the race because so many cars, I mean, the bulk of entries into Le Mans don't finish. Uh, they can't endure the 24 hours of punishment that's required to be uh, a candidate. Uh, but uh, this 914 14, number 40, not only finished the race, but it finished first in its class and sixth overall right behind Ferrari 512. So it was an amazing feat. Uh, so yes, we honor the, the Porsche 917, an amazing car. However, uh, the 914 was uh, historic in its finish. Well, if you, I just want to mention that MontereyMotorsports.com, you can see a picture of a, the uh, 1953 uh, Chevrolet Bel Air, the 2000 yeah. Bentley, the 914. Right, the Spider, which I don't know, and of course your Mercedes, all phenomenal cars. I got, I have to ask you because there's another crossover between the art world and the car world. Yeah, is uh, the art? There's kind of a new thing in art in the art world of fractional ownership. So you can own a masterpiece. I think Monet, Manet, and and even right. uh, some of the classics you can buy fractionally. Is there any yeah. equivalent like that being developed for car owners? Because these are basically works of art, and it would oh, be a sure. great way to own. Yeah, no, that that exists. There are partnerships in cars. Uh, sure. Uh, you know, in fact, interestingly enough, uh, partnerships in cars became really popular about five ago uh, when uh, uh, the uh, GT350, uh, the Shelby uh, 350 came back into play or was about into play. And there were people that uh, that wanted to buy a 350 for, you know, $60,000, $70,000, but, <clears throat> but they didn't want to pony up with all of it because they knew they weren't going to be uh, driving the car on a regular basis. And so right here on the peninsula, I know of two people that ended up uh, in involved in part ownership of, of new GT350s that uh, still have those cars. So yeah, that that exists. I mean, there's no question. Look, you know, I, just to give you an example, at, at the uh, Concours that we had last year in, uh, sorry, 2019, uh, we had three uh, three cars there that were amazing, that were behind the ropes. And, um, and one of the cars is a $35 million Ferrari. Well, um, you know, the, the owner of that car uh, was a sole owner, but you know you can very easily see a partnership uh, of investors coming in and, and everybody ponying in a million bucks and buying a, a five ten million dollar uh, car that had uh, uh, had uh, you know investment value in it. So yeah, that's that's something that that does exist. I wanted to ask you then, Rick. Is so it seems like an interesting business. Now your other business is a is kind of car condos at Ryan Ranch. Now right. you had a fractional ownership in a car. You know, uh, historic Ferrari. Say, yeah. could you? Could you? Because you would want it here because you have the track right here, so you wouldn't want to take right. it back home to right. wherever you live. Yeah. So, do, is there a service that's provided along with the? You know, are there? Are there? Is there a whole economy built around making sure those cars are serviced, clean, and ready for the owners when they come in? Uh, oh yeah, sure. There's a there's a number there's a number of guys on the peninsula that manage collection uh, for uh, car owners. I mean, there are first of all, you, you have to understand there are a number of car collect on the peninsula owned by names that most likely most in most all cases wish to remain anonymous uh, but they have you know large 
used car collections, and there are custodians of those collections that are hired to maintain those collections. And so, uh, you know, that exists all over the peninsula. I mean, uh, the public would be surprised to know how many of those uh, collections exist here in, in the Monterey County area. That's that's great. And so now, how does that dovetail that into the Concourse of Pasadena? Um, all these folks coming to show uh, the auction, is there going to be an auction? Can you talk a little bit about that event itself? No. Yeah. So the, the, the way the event works really uh, quite simple, and it's designed to be simple. Uh, Thursday night is press night and the press is invited and uh, uh, a number of, not all, but a number of exhibitors bring their cars out into the courtyard and the press will get, be able to get shots and uh, we'll have nice and uh, and drink and, and uh, there'll be a, a sort of a kickoff to tomorrow's event. And then um, then on Friday, we'll gather at Ryan Ranch. Uh, again, not all exhibitors, but um, many will gather at Ryan Ranch for sort of a breakfast social kind of a thing in the morning and then, uh, you know, get to know each other. The exhibitors will get to know each other. Great friendships are, are formed during these kinds of events. And then um, and then uh, at about 1130, uh, we will leave Ryan Ranch and work our way into Pasadena through uh, uh, the back gate and uh, the cars be staged. We have a number of volunteers uh, that, uh, that you know, come from all walks of life. Costa is a beneficiary this year. will uh, be sending us volunteers. The Bridge Restoration Ministry, which is a ridiculous addiction recovery program for men and women. They'll be bringing in volunteers. We'll have um, uh, the Chamber of Commerce will also bring in volunteers and, and uh, homeowners and uh, uh, club owner, uh, club members from the Pasadena Club will also be volunteering. So we'll have volunteers that will uh, help exhibitors stage their cars and get the vendors set up, get the uh, sponsors all set. And then uh, at two o'clock, uh, the gates will open, the parking uh, for the public that have tickets Tickets will sell out, and and so you know if somebody is trying to get a ticket for the Concord, uh, the time to do that is now. Uh, going on PasaderaConcord.com, uh, they'll sell out. We only allow a very small number of people in the event. Uh, we'll cap it at 600 this year, um, and that includes um, uh, exhibitors and volunteers and uh, sponsors and staff members, and uh, yeah, so we'll cap it at 600. So uh, at two at two o'clock. Uh, ticket holder be able to park their cars, and unlike you know, the, unlike the the challenges that we deal with at Car Week at many of the events, uh, we all know how difficult it is to gain access to the Concord at uh, Pasadena at, at Pebble Beach or the Quail. Um, we've arranged a park that you know you get out of your car, and three minutes later you're in the event, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. I had I had a uh, an exhibitor this last. Uh, event came up to me and said, uh, you know, I, he says, I had, he told me, he said, I have a car at Pebble this year exhibiting. And he says, I've been coming to uh, car shows here in the Monterey Peninsula for over 30 years. And he said, I want you to know this will be my most enjoyable car week event. And I asked him why. And he said, you know, car week just become complicated. It's, it's, it's a little, it's much more challenging at each year. And it, it, it is, we know traffic troll and, and parking. And I mean, it's, it's challenging. Not that, not that, plane because we love seeing all the great cars, but it is very challenging. And the whole concept, the whole premise of the Concord at Pasadena is casual, elegant, uh, you know, uh, a polo or Ralph Lauren uh, style uh, clothing attire is what we recommend, you know, casually elegant. We have carving stage throughout uh, the event, got 
champagne being poured liberally. We've got, uh, uh, you know, it is just a relaxed, comfortable event. So the public parking goes, or the ticket holder parking goes in at two o'clock. Club members are able to get in an early entry into the show at two o'clock. And then at three o'clock, the gates open for uh, the ticket holders and uh, the event goes on from three o'clock to six o'clock. Um, we have an incredible field of judges this year. I would encourage anybody without naming names, I would encourage every anybody to take, go on the website, click judge and you'll see uh, the field of judges that we have are just world class uh, for the event. And Tiffany has designed uh, uh, all of the the award for the exhibitors. The show is interesting in that every exhibitor that gets accepted by the jury receives an exhibition award created by Tiffany. And uh, and then, of course, class winners receive uh, a very wonderful trophy. And then the Tiffany Cup is awarded the best show, which is a beautiful uh, silver cup uh, that is uh, awarded each year uh, to the uh, best of show. So this is really an event that is designed to be relaxing, enjoyable, bring your friends you uh you get to talk to some of the car owners they get to share experience each other we we max out the number of exhibitors to 100 meaning that there are this year 10 motorcycles that will be shown uh, spanning a period that will represent uh technical and design influence and then and then the other 90 cars will uh, fit into six different classes and there will be a maximum of 100 vehicles each year so it really is just a wonderful exhibit and wonderful guest experience. Yep. Tickets and information at PasaderaConcord.com and uh, great pictures there. Great poster. Uh, phenomenal. And I would be remiss if I didn't say it's phenomenal what pa- the members of Pasadera have done uh, taking over. Just uh, do you have any comments on that? Because they, they I think that was seamless. And job. What was well, that? I, yeah, yeah. Like? I don't have an awful lot to say about it other than the fact that it was owned by an overseas company uh, prior to uh, members coming together and purchasing the club as an investor. And uh, and so it's worked out very well. And we're very grateful uh, to have that ownership uh, behind the club. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say, Rick? It's just been a pleasure listening to you talk about uh, all the great things that happened during Car Week. And, uh, you know, obviously a man who's elevating all of this to just a, it's art. Just to listen to you talk about it is like someone, you know, talk about a great, you know, great masterpiece. Guy yeah. Who knows great yeah. Well, I think the only, the only a couple things I just mm-hmm. want to talk is just say is that you know the the this is a charity event it benefits a monterey county casa program as well as uh the bridge restoration ministry which is an incredible ministry uh helping men and women deal with addiction uh it's been around for 14 years and uh just an exceptional uh ministry out of uh pacific grove um graduate has graduated uh hundreds of uh people uh, men and women over the last uh, 14 years and um great success stories amazing success stories so uh, those charities are the beneficiaries this year. And then also uh, something I haven't mentioned, but I'm really excited about, and that is that this year we have the Hot Wheel Concours that will be kicking off. And uh, uh, there's a special section at the show where Hot Wheel collections will be presented. Uh, we want to encourage anybody that is a Hot Wheels fan, if you've got a Hot Wheels car that you love, we want to hear from you. You know, you get in contact with me because I've got Bruce Pascal flying out from Washington. DC, and he's bringing with him his $175,000 uh, Hot Wheels B12 
beach bomber. It's a car that's about two inches long and about an inch and a half high, and it's valued at $175,000. There are uh, Hot Wheels, many Hot Wheels that are in the $5,000, $10,000, $50,000 range, but the top one is uh, the beach bomber at one seventy-five. Bruce is coming out from uh, Washington, D.C. I've got Neil Giordano coming out from uh, uh, from uh, North Carolina. He is the publisher of the annual Hot Wheels Value Guide, and so if you would like to uh, bring your Hot Wheels to the show and have Neil look at it and give you an idea of the value car, uh, he'll do that. There'll be Hot Wheels on display. If you'd love to exhibit your favorite Hot Wheels car, I uh, encourage you to go to the website, PasadenaConcord.com, and go to Hot Wheels, click on it. Uh, it's $25 to enter, and you receive an entry award uh, for just entering the show. So, I mean, it is going to be a lot of fun. And proceeds from the Hot Wheels event benefit Monterey County Casa. So, uh, this is an opportunity, I think, for people of all age to enjoy Car Week in the most exceptional way. Those those entries will not be capped at 100 either. I imagine there will be more than 100 uh, Hot Wheels. So, th- thank you so much for all the great work you're doing. I will uh, post a link to uh, all of the websites we mentioned, but MontereyMotorsports.com and PasaderaConcord.com. Uh, Very good. Those are the two ones. And uh, thanks, Rick. I really appreciate your time. Uh, all right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Okay, well, that will do it for this week's show. I want to let you know I'm Paul Wyan of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. At Express, we find great people to help your business run more smoothly. You really don't want to be working all day Saturday, so call us. We can help you out with your staffing issues, 831-920-1230. Again, that's 831-920-1230. Thanks again to my guest, Mr. Rick Barnett. I'd also like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero, the greatest producer in the business, and of course, the great David Marzetti, host to the Saturday morning Shagbag radio show right here on Power Talk 101.1 FM. You've been listening to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk, 1460 AM and 101.1 FM. Stay tuned for Business Sense Radio with Mr. Edward King. Back on top, back on top in June. I said that's life. That's life. And as funny as it may seem, some people get their kicks Stomping on a dream But I don't let it Let it get me down Cause this fine old The preceding was a paid commercial program, and the views expressed are those of the speaker and do not reflect the views or opinions of iHeartRadio, its staff, or management.